0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome, Saints fans. This is the Saints Coaches Show, Mike Hoss, along with Bobby Bear at the Silver Slipper Casino in Hancock, Mississippi, and now also joined by Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Coach, welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, Mike, appreciate you and Bobby having me on.
2: You bet. So we talked on Friday, um, and you talked about, you know, this very obviously difficult week for your team last week, and that, you know, Sunday it's about taking on really a nameless, faceless opponent, and it was more about, the saints and how your team would react and how your team would flip the script situationally, uh, from the Tampa game. And, you know, what, a what, a what a flip of the script it was, uh, for your football team.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, I think, uh, this, this whole week was really a focus on, on us as a football team. Um, I thought our players and our coaches responded to the challenge. Um, you know, we, we knew that, uh, that we had a good football team and we knew that we could play better than we, than we had the last, uh, the previous week. And so um, I think everybody really accepted the challenge to, you know, prepare and, and get themselves ready to play uh, with a little bit of increased focus and intensity this week. And, and I thought our guys responded.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, uh, you know, we look at, I like NFL history. I like franchise history. And when you look at a player like Alvin Kamara became the Saints' all-time touchdown leader uh, with that touchdown run in the second quarter, the 73rd touchdown of Kamara's career, surpassing 72 touchdowns by the quiet storm, former receiver Marcus Colston. We all remember him playing from 2006 to 15. But uh, when I look at Kamara, you know, look at the time frame, he needed just uh, 90 career games to set the record where Colston had played in 146 games And if you look at it, 50 rushing touchdowns, 22 receiving touchdowns, and a a kickoff return for a score, you know, you always remember those explosive plays. But well, what caught my attention that he was able to do that in only 90 career games.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, Alvin's an exceptional player, um, and I thought he was uh, outstanding in the game. You know, we talked a lot this week about our best players needing to show up in these types of games. And I thought, I thought those guys did that. And, and Alvin, I thought ran the ball exceptionally hard, uh, made a couple of really nice plays out of the backfield. I thought his blitz pickup was outstanding in the game. Uh, and so it was great to see him get that touchdown and, 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 uh, set the, the, uh, franchise record, you know, it, it's, um, uh, you know, it, it's pr- there's been some good offensive football played around here a long time and, and, uh, for you to be the leader in terms of touchdowns offensively, uh, that's pretty impressive.
1: Now, uh, you know, Coach Allen, when I look at, uh, because normally you don't see this, uh, you know, we've seen 9-0 shutouts. We shut out Tom Brady and the Bucks. I remember 9-0, or even last year we beat the Raiders 24-0. But you look at the mystique of the Patriots, I still think in the 21st century to have that kind of win on the road, the 34-point victory, was the biggest since uh, when y'all beat the Packers? Remember, you had to play them in Jacksonville when Aaron Rodgers, thirty-eight to three. That was just the twenty twenty-one season. We're dealing with Hurricane Ida, mm-hmm. and, but that was the worst home shutout loss in Patriot history. The question I have for you: uh, What do you remember about those two games, and uh, why was it so significant? Because it came uh, the the Packers game was kick off the season, and we basically at the beginning of the season. So you got to be encouraged that, uh, that when you're humming and have that kind of performance, uh, where you're holding the modern-day offenses to, like, zero points or even three in an entire game. Yeah, well, look, I think it's, uh,
3: you know, it's extremely hard to shut somebody out in our league. And, and uh, you know, we've had a, a couple of those, you know, over the last few years here. And, and uh, I think when you're able to put together a game like we did, in this game, uh, in putting together a team, win, offense defense kicking game, you know, we won the field position battle by 18 yards, which is, uh, pretty incredible in our league that, that, that generally is not more than, you know, four or five yards difference in terms of starting field position. So I thought all three phases in this game, uh, really played, played well. And, and, and that's, you know, to, to have an outcome like we had, I think, uh, you know it's going to take
2: all three phases. And coach, you got your seventh interception of uh, twenty-three, and you had seven interceptions all of of last season. So to get it, you know, in, in week five. But I want to talk about Matthew's interception. It says thirtieth overall, but a pick-six, right? I mean, just the impact that a pick-six can have on any game, uh, and because it's just boom, they're right back out there again. Talk about the the impact that pick-sixes can have.
3: Yeah, look, I think I think they're they're a huge. Uh, factor in the game particularly when you go on the road and play in a tough environment uh, to be able to uh, you know kind of score on defense uh, you know the the percentages of winning anytime you score you know non-offensive touchdowns goes up dramatically in our league and so uh, to to do that and have that happen early in the game created some momentum I think for our team and you know those are the types of plays that we you know, expect Tyron Matthew to be able to, to make. And he was in there in a great position. And, look, you got to give credit to the rush. I mean, I think I think it was Carl Granderson got a hit on the quarterback right mm-hmm. as he was delivering the ball. And so, uh, I, you know, I just thought there were some good things in terms of the rush and coverage working together yesterday.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, obviously when you break down the film and, uh, you know, you have positives and uh, you never play a perfect game, you might strive to have that. But how do you address the team uh, with the penalties? You know, you never uh, want double-digit penalties or near 100 yards having 12 for 86. But the question I have, how do you address this when all of a sudden we have a league high in holding penalties and false starts?
3: Yeah, well, look, I mean, that's certainly something that we got to be better at. Um, you know, there was a number of things in this game that we talked to the players about today that we have to clean up. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, you come off that game and you feel really good about winning a game like that. Uh, in a tough environment the way that we did and yet i thought there were some missed opportunities that uh, we didn't take advantage of where i thought we could have you know maybe uh, scored a few more points or there were some uh, some potential takeaway opportunities that i thought we we could have come up with which would have you know got us in some better field position maybe uh, given us an opportunity to score some more points so uh, yeah obviously the penalties are one thing but there were some other things in there that that, you know, I feel like we needed to address and and we've got to improve on.
2: The Saints go to 3-2 and two with their 34-0 win over the Patriots. Got to step aside, take a break. Mike host Bobby Hebert, along with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. This is the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, Bobby Hebert, along with Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Coach Pete Warner got his first career interception. Big part of that was the hit on the football by safety Jordan Howden. So Marcus May's been out, Lonnie Johnson injured, just want to talk about kind of how maybe certainly probably played more in the first five weeks than maybe as scripted, but kind of how he's grown uh, playing with a really a cast on his left hand didn't stop him from knocking a ball out for Mike Kosecki. I mean, he was a walk on at Minnesota. You mean just a tough kid, work ethic and discipline wise. You probably knew what you were getting there, but really just how how he's kind of uh, shown up for you in these first five weeks.
3: Yeah, look, I think uh, you know he's a tough, smart, competitive kid. Uh, you know, he played the. Uh, he played the Green Bay game with a broken finger. He broke the finger uh, in practice on uh, I believe it was Thursday in practice um, and and played the game, had surgery the following Monday, was out the, the following week, and then came back and played uh, with a cast on his hand. So he's a tough, smart, competitive guy, comes in and works uh, really hard every single day. He's got ability, and, and he works really hard to, to improve. So uh, he's a young guy that we're
1: excited about. Now, uh, Coach Allen, to follow up on that, uh, with Marcus May coming back into the fold, uh, do you plan to utilize both of them? I mean, because, uh, you know, you look at the veteran Marcus May, but Jordan Howell, like you said, uh, you know, next man up, and, and he's he's played a significant role as far as passes, defending, and all that. So even with May back, do you – could. Uh, Do you see Jordan Howell still getting defensive snaps not only on special teams but actually on defense?
3: Yeah, look, I I think we'll see how those game plans work out. You know, obviously, you know, I think Marcus May was playing well uh, before being suspended. So uh, I think it's a good problem to have. You know, we've got some good depth at that position. Uh, Guys like, you know, Lonnie Johnson has stepped in and played well for us. Uh, Jonathan Abram stepped in and played well. Uh, the last couple of weeks, so we feel like that's a, a position that we have a lot of depth at, and, and, uh, and we're going to uh, try to utilize those guys as best we can.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, you know, I always tell you I like history, NFL history or franchise history. Uh, I know you've probably looked at film on him already. How about Texans rookie C.J. Stroud, the quarterback? He just set a record for the most passes thrown to start an NFL career without an interception. Now, there's been a lot of significant rookies, and they've thrown at least a pick. So what is C.J. Stroud doing? Is he conscious? Uh, Because you would have thought he would have thrown an interception by now, but I'm impressed just by reading that.
3: Yeah, look, I think he's playing really well. Um, You know, we're just kind of getting into watching these guys a little bit. But, you know, the one thing I'm noticing as I'm watching the tape is that he's making really good decisions. He's got a, a really quick release, so he's able to get rid of the ball under duress at times. Uh, can make throws from different platforms. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and I think they're doing a good job of utilizing him and, and giving him some, uh, some, some good routes in the passing game to get the ball out of his hands. And, and you know, I think their, their, their offense, um, you know, I think they've got a really good receiving group. Uh, and I think they're utilizing those guys well and getting the ball in their hands and getting a lot of run after catch.
2: Coach, I wanted to go back to some of your special teams play uh, and Blake Groupie. Uh, two, t- kind of a two-sided question with Blake. First off, just the, the importance of getting that, that first points in the second half uh, with the, the long field goal. Uh, and overall, his play, you know, 11-12, he's 3-for-3, three 50-plus, three, um, just the one miss. So kind of the impact of, of that third-quarter field goal and just his play overall.
3: Yeah, well, look, I think uh, you know getting the getting the field goal there in the third quarter and 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 really putting us up, you know, twenty four to nothing, um, you know, I thought was was big in the game. It, you know, it takes you know three touchdowns and and three extra points just to tie you there. So I thought that was good to get those points. Uh, obviously, I think he's kicked the ball exceptionally well. You know, one thing not not many people are talking about is, is his kickoffs have been outstanding, and so uh, I think that's a weapon that we can utilize and. Uh, you know, he's doing a lot of the things that we saw him doing all throughout training camp, and so uh, we expect him to be able to continue doing those things.
1: Now, uh, staying on, uh, on the special teams, uh, Coach Allen, is that a fair assessment after you watch the film that maybe uh, Lou Headley, this is his best game punting? He was right at 44-yard average, and he had three inside the 20. It just seems like he was more consistent and not as erratic in previous games, that being Headley uh, punting the football.
3: Yeah, Bobby, I think that's probably accurate, you know, and and I do think that, you know, there was, you know, obviously some going in punts that, um, you know, we were able to down inside the 20, inside the 10. Uh, and, and that helped, you know, in terms of that field position differential, uh, which was, which was a big part of us being able to win the game like we did. And so uh, I think he's, he's continuing to improve each and every week Um and, and I think his going in punts have
1: been outstanding. Now, now Coach Allen, when I look at, um, you know, and, and I heard your, uh, your, uh, your speech after the game, and I think uh, well-deserved when you give a game ball. Because when you look at 34-0, to zero and that domination, there's a lot of hands in that. Uh, look, offense, defense, special teams, everybody combined so you get a game ball. You know, I think based on his performance and he got financially rewarded, Carl said should get a game ball every week. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to just stroke him, but he has an impact. When you look at whether it's tackles for a loss, quarterback, hurry sacks, whatever it might be tackles, uh, that, that he's really been disruptive, disruptive.
3: Yeah, look, and I think that's, that's why we made the decision that we did to, uh, you know, give him the new contract and, and he's rewarded us by continuing to play at a high level. And so, uh, You know, those are the things that you really like about coaching. You like seeing guys that come in as undrafted free agents uh, that just come in and go to work every day, continue to work extremely hard, do everything that you ask them to do, uh, and they just continue to get better. And and that's what this player's done, and, man, we're glad we have him.
2: Got to take a break. Step aside, Mike Austin, Bobby A. Barrett. The Silver Slipper in Hancock County, Mississippi, and Head Coach Dennis Allen. This is the Saints Coaches Show. We're back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Austin, Bobby Bear, along with Saints Head Coach Dennis Allen after a big win on the road and then another one on the road against Houston, then short week with Jacksonville, then back on the road, part of this four-game stretch against the AFC. Coach, I wanted to ask you just kind of about the game plan going in and the ability to have success, right, of running the football on first down. Uh, I'm not talking about eight yards a pop all the time, but four yards, five yards, three yards, positive yards to where it was second and four, second and five, and then, you know, maybe a first down. Just, I guess, first off, how much of that was the plan to, you know, run on first down, and then how impactful was just being successful?
3: Yeah, well, look, I mean – you know, obviously, going to every game, trying to be efficient on first and second down, and, and there's multiple ways that you can do that. Um, I thought that's one thing that we did well you know, offensively is that we were able to be pretty efficient on first and second down. We had ourselves in a lot of third and manageable situations. You know, The penalties kind of backed us up a couple of times, which made it a little bit more difficult. But I think any time that you can be you know, efficient on first and second down, whether it be through the air or on the ground, um, you know, leads to a lot of success, and so uh, that's that's certainly something that we're going to be paying a lot of attention to as we continue throughout this season.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, a, a two-part question here: uh, Have you ever been part of a game that all of a sudden a team on third and fourth down they go one of sixteen? I, I've never witnessed that. I mean, and obviously that's outstanding because you know a lot of times we don't we don't look what happens on fourth down; we just look at third down. But that you know, 1 or 14, and whenever you don't get uh, double-digit uh, first downs, 8. So uh, when you see in, in that regard, did you have a feeling that y'all were going to have this kind of success and, 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 and shut them down? Uh, because the bottom line is sustained drives. you got to convert on third down, and then you're therefore not getting, uh, uh, you know, first downs. And in this day and age, you're only giving up 156 yards, I, I, I think. That probably has to be one of your greatest uh, performances as a head coach and a coordinator ever, that kind of production. And you plus three for the game. Uh, th- th- this is something you said. That's the team I thought we were. <laughs> oh, we we got to be, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, there's no question. You know, um, you know, we talked long and hard this week about you know third down defense, and that's an area that we needed to improve on from the previous couple of weeks. Um, I think our ability to focus in, you know, on practice and, and, and uh, really focus in on the details. We changed a few things up, you know, third down wise this week, Um, you know, a couple of things with the plan that I think were effective for us. I think our guys did a great job of understanding exactly what the plan was, uh, what areas of the field that we had to take away or what players that we had to take away. Um, And, and it really just boils down to, as with a lot of things is, you know, you go in with the plan, uh, and then really it's about how well your players understand the plan and how well they execute the plan, and I thought our guys did a really good job in this game.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, what about uh, what occurred, because fans have asked me, because uh, they always ask me about, uh, do you think Derek Carr is holding the ball too long? And I'll say, well, he got sacked a couple of times. I'd say the second sack, uh, how he got from behind, he ended up uh, getting sacked there, that he held the ball uh, too long. But what happened on that first sack? I mean you can never get beat in the a gap. I know no NFL team has a protection that somebody's coming free in the a gap.
3: Yeah, look we we uh, we blew a protection on that one and we won't get into the details on who was you know responsible for what area, but you know our our communication uh, you know, I thought our communication was good on the play. I don't think we executed the play well and certainly you can't have somebody just running free. Uh, in the a gap and so i thought overall i thought the protection was good in the game Um, i think you're right i think you know on the on the second sack there i think that was Derek just trying to get the ball down the field and you know i think at times you just got to recognize when the play's over and uh you know maybe tuck it and go see if you can't get three or four yards and 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 we'll move on to fourth down and make a decision on what we want to do from there so uh, but i thought i thought overall really in the last couple of weeks i think the protection has been much better
2: Coach, I know you haven't really gotten deep into the Houston uh, game, but clearly, you know, after an zero and two start, they come back, put thirty seven on Jacksonville, thirty on Pittsburgh, and a tough last second loss uh, in Atlanta yesterday. Just talk about what you've seen of this of this Texan team.
3: Yeah, I think this is a really good football team. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, they're 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 built in the same mode uh, as as the Forty Nine ers in terms of how they want to play the game uh, they want to be physical they want to be able to run the football play action passing game get the ball out of the quarterback's hand you know on defense they're going to be really aggressive up front try to get after the passer with four uh, do a great job of uh, maintaining discipline and coverage make you have to check the ball down go the long hard way and and they play really good uh you know in in the kicking game and so Uh, I think D'Amico has done a really good job with this team, and I think he's got them playing really well.
1: Now, uh, Coach Allen, uh, can you explain this or not? Uh, I don't know because you want to win on the road and you want to win at home, but you look at the last handful of seasons, that's a good sample size. Uh, You're talking about, you know, five seasons plus. uh, That on the road, you've been definitely road warriors, like 31 and 13 uh, which is first in the NFC and uh, second in the NFL, only trailing the Chiefs, but not so much at home in the Dome. I mean, because usually, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can remember when they had 16 game schedule. You know, okay, you look home. Can you go 500 on the road? And you know, four and four. And can you be uh, six and two at home? Then you get the double digit wins. But we, we've kind of, as of late, that that I'm saying that's a handful of seasons that we've truly been road warriors and not so much in the Dome. Yeah, look, I think that's certainly uh, something that we want to, you know,
3: continue to be able to play well on the road, and yet, you know, I think we need to be able to play better when we're playing at home. And so uh, it's something that we continue to look at. How can we do a better job uh, of getting ourselves ready to play, you know, a home game? And, And obviously we're back on the road this week against Houston, and so we'll have to prepare to, you know, uh, to go into a hostile environment and, and you know, kind of rally the troops and and uh, make sure we play a good game on the road this week.
2: Well, Coach Allen, it was a big win at an important time. They all are three and two. We appreciate your time. Congratulations for yesterday, and I know it'll be another good hard uh, week of work for you and your team.
1: Yeah, guys, appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. All right, Coach.
2: Let's pause ten seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee new orleans saints radio network coming up next on the saints coaches show there was a lot of introspection with this entire team under the microscope last week also including offensive coordinator pete carmichael came through big yesterday in his home commonwealth of massachusetts we're back after this with pete carmichael jr this is the saints coaches show on the community coffee new orleans saints radio network
4: after investing billions to light up
2: our network t-mobile is america's largest 5g network You deserve Medella if you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two
4: more two more.
2: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show. Mike Haas here in studio. Bobby is at the Silver Slipper and now joined by Saints Offensive Coordinator, Pete Carmichael. And I want to say off the top that these assistant coaches are planned on a schedule weeks in advance. This had nothing to do with yesterday. We were having the OC on tonight irrespective of what happened yesterday. But Coach Carmichael, welcome to the show, and congrats on yesterday.
5: All right. Thank you for having me.
2: I guess just initially, because there was so much, uh, you know, everything under the microscope last week, and I know you you went out there on Thursday afternoons, stood there, took every question. Uh, how much was this past week about kind of looking within and what we're doing or about, you know, really making changes, going out on the practice field and making changes?
5: Yeah, I think that um – you know, I, I understand where the criticism was coming from. You know, it's part of the business. I, I have to be better. And yet I thought the focus last week was just focusing on our preparation, the details, uh, cleaning some things up, and, uh, you know, making it about us. And I thought that, uh, you know, that we came out and responded and, and played well.
1: Now, uh, Coach Pete, when I look at uh, this, uh, I don't know, it seems like it wasn't a coincidence that our design plan – and you don't necessarily just want one uh, primary uh, stud running back, but you want a two-headed monster. I'm looking at Alvin Kamara, uh, total yards from scrimmage. He had 97. He had uh, 25 touches. Then I look at uh, uh, Andre Miller. He had 15 touches, and he had 90 yards. So is this a fair assessment that when you look at the position, not necessarily individual, but you got 187 total yards from scrimmage? Because I always say I want Alvin to have 120 to 130. And if he has 150, great. But I look at that because how are they going to touch the ball and they're fresh and you're a two-headed monster. that That's real productive, you getting 187 yards from your two back total yards from scrimmage.
5: Yeah, I thought they both had excellent games. I, both, I thought they both ran hard, played well. Um, and I think this. I think when you go back over the years um, – in the history of this offense, when, when we've had our, our most success, we've had, you know, two guys that we feel good about. Hey, and, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that we feel good about getting their ball, the ball in their hands, and yet you would say those two guys have, um, are guys that we're going to continue to have to find ways to get the ball in their hands.
1: Now, uh, Coach Pete, when fans have asked me this, and uh, we witnessed this in training camp, and they say, well, why don't we utilize the middle of the field more? I know Jawan Johnson's been injured. And uh, particularly, I guess, with the tight end position, how would you answer that?
5: Well, I think this—I don't disagree. I think that um, you know, Juwan obviously has missed the last few games. I think that uh, you know, early on, we were doing some things with the um, with the tight ends and protection, you know, helping out, maybe giving some nudges and stuff like that. But I think that uh, overall, I just got to—I got to find ways to get get those guys involved, get them the ball, and uh, you know, we got to be better in that area as far as uh, you know, me and and giving those guys those opportunities. Coach, can you
2: talk about the Foster Morrow touchdown second and goal at the 6? Even Foster said after him, just a gutsy call, but inside shovel pass. I guess just talk about how the play call kind of set up for there, you know, second and goal at the 6 and kind of what made it successful beyond Eric McCoy, of course, being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I, would say,
5: I would say I would say that uh it was it was well blocked and I thought that uh Foster obviously, you know, he gave a a little extra made it. You know, he kind of broke a tackle, and I think there was a lot of, you know, a lot of great push. There was a great finish on that play. I think that, uh, you know, it's a play we've been running in training camp, and uh, I thought just it was the, it was the perfect time for it when we really got the um, we got the right look for it, uh, kind of a clean look for us, and I think that uh, the players ex- executed it perfectly.
1: Now, uh, Coach Pete, how important it was! Uh, boy, all of a sudden, uh, you look not so much protection at the beginning of the game on that uh, offensive drive, but then uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew has a pick six. We're up seven to zero, and then all of a sudden, next time we're on the field offensively, to have like a two explosive chunk plays, and that was the drive. We end up going eight plays, sixty-two yards to make it fourteen to zero. That's when Kamara. Uh, broke the record, a uh, two-yard touchdown. But I was looking at that drive. Uh, boy, third and 11, Carter-Michael Thomas, plus 26. Carter-Rashid Carter Shaheed, Rashid 25. So uh, how many – is there a number – when you talk like chunk plays or explosive plays, I would describe that as 20-plus. Is there like uh, – because I want to say in the Titans game, we maybe had a handful, four or five. Is there a number that uh, – You're shooting for. I know the ebbs and flow of a game, how it goes, but it seems like you should always have a game when you have those explosive plays and not just uh, having like 13, 14 play drives.
5: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, something that Dennis talked about to the team early in training camp when he kind of, you know, covers some different things, whether it's ball security or or field position, but one of the things he talked about was uh, when an offense is able to have an explosive or two in a drive how much their scoring percentage goes up. And so I think that, that's that been a focus. And, you know, I think you obviously you want to come away as many as you can in a game. Sometimes I think, you know, defenses make you have to earn it. They maybe make you check it down. But uh, I think coming out of a game with about eight of those is, is really the primary goal.
1: Now, uh, you know, Pete, when I look at this and uh, they say, "Why, well, is Coach Pete this, uh, why doesn't he get the ball in Rashid Shahid's hands more? And I said, I, I'm sure uh, he's aware of Rashid Shaheed. The reason why I bring that up, uh, I, I look, he had four touches and he had uh, 46 yards. I say that that's pretty good production. The reason why I bring it up, because I talked about this in the pregame, you look at the National Football League, all-purpose yards leader uh, uh, this season. Uh, it's pretty good company. Christian McCaffrey, number one, Rashid Shaheed, number two, and Justin Jefferson, number three. So uh, they actually be – tell Coach Pete instead of giving him uh, four touches, we got to give him like eight to ten a game. <laughs> well,
5: I don't disagree with them, and I think that uh, – I think we've got a lot of guys that we feel uh, pretty good about having to get the ball in their hands, but he's obviously one that uh, when you do get it in his hands, he has a chance to be explosive with it.
2: Same, certainly, and it's, it's, an, it's a good thing, and it, but a new thing, and that's being able to look at week six – and designing plays for mike thomas right so in 2020 he played in seven games didn't play at all in 2021 three games in 2022 and every game this season he's had at least 50 plus yards and he took some pops yesterday he took some pops yesterday but seriously just the ability to have him still in your playbook uh and and play calling uh at this juncture what had the impact of that
5: yeah i think he's one of our best assets and i think that the um the characteristic that hasn't changed about Mike—that's all—he's always, always had—is it when it's one-on-one and you put the ball up to him, you feel good about who's coming down with it. And if you're a quarterback, you're confident in throwing it to him. And I think he's been playing at a high level, ton of energy, effort. Uh, he's done a great job blocking on the perimeter as well. And I think again, he's another guy that you get through the game and you're—you think, ah, I wish we could have got him more opportunities. And I thought that, uh, you know, when you watched the film, there was there was a. Um, you know, some opportunities where we, uh, for whatever reason, the play was called and maybe he was open, but the ball went somewhere else. And so I think that, uh, you know, he's just a guy that's it's a big part of what we do.
1: Now, uh, Coach Peter, I-, I talked to Coach Allen about this. And, and also, you know, you want to look for that perfect game. And say, oh, we got to get better here. Like, for instance, you look at third down. We always talk about third down. The defense is outstanding. They were 1 of 14. Uh, but not so much with us, and I think that was maybe reflection, maybe, with penalties. We were only 5 of 15, 33% on third down. I know you want to get that uh, better. And then how do you address this as an offensive team as far as the penalties and while you're shooting yourself in the foot? Because you know how hard it is to have first and 10 versus first and 15 or whatever it might be, but uh, you know what, what's caught my eye that we have a league high in holding penalties and false starts.
5: Yeah, I think this. I think that, you know, when you really go into a game, you know, your aim is, you know, hey, you, you come out of the game with 50% conversion on third down, you feel pretty good. And I think we've done some things that, um, you know, we had a third and four that we had a false start, and then all of a sudden we're third and nine. And then we had another third and five that we had a false start, and now you're third and ten. And the percentages go way down. And then uh, we had a conversion and we get a holding call. Um, and so, you know, we can't we can't – we can't make those – we can't have those self-inflicted wounds uh, because I think overall the whole season we have to be better on third down. We haven't been good enough, and that starts with me.
1: Now, uh, Pete, when I look at this is good, this has to continue. Uh, you know, we're kind of struggling in the red zone. Uh, we end up basically uh, – because we took a kneel down, we were 3 for 4, 75%, but we're 3 for 3, but then you look goal to go. It's nothing like you have goal to go. And you never want to set off a damn field goal. But if you get goal to goal and you go three for three, then you know you're doing things right to get the ball in the end zone.
5: Yeah, I think that uh, it's been a big emphasis, and I think that uh, our players responded. I thought we ran the ball well. I thought uh, when you watched the game, uh, I thought there was movement on the line, and I thought our line won, and I thought we were moving guys, and I thought that uh, obviously the execution was great yesterday. So
2: Pete, so last question I have born okay. and raised in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I mean, I'm talking like, I didn't realize it was so close. So Framingham, I think is like 20 miles from Gillette and Medway, Massachusetts is like 10 or 12 miles from Gillette. I mean, can you ever have imagined as a kid that you would go into that building and walk out 34, nothing?
5: Well, I, I got to admit it felt pretty good and it was, you know, it was great. To, uh, you don't have much time to see him. I, I, um, you know, I had quite a few family members yeah, there, it so it was great. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it's uh, really you don't have much time before the game, but you get to see him after the game and after a victory, it, you know, it makes it all that more special.
2: Well, on behalf of Bobby, we appreciate your time. I know Bobby's going to okay. be saying goodbye to us, but we appreciate your time and uh, continued success. Good luck this week in Houston. All right. Thank you, guys. All
1: right, Coach Pete.
2: All right. Thank you, Bobby. All right. As always, we'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll go back to the Silver Slipper in Hancock County, Mississippi, and we'll be talking with Mike Dettelier. My thanks to Pete Carmichael, Jr. for helping us out tonight, and also Dennis Allen back after the break here on the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Coaches Show as we go back out to Hancock County, Mississippi. And Mike Dettelier at the Silver Slipper joins us now. How you doing there, Mike? I was just, you know, it's it, it's the 100% truth that these assistant coaches, you just get lined up, man. You, you, your week could have, I think mean, Doug Marone a couple weeks ago came off of what was a, a rough performance from the offensive line. It just is what it is. Your, your number comes up, and uh, I'm glad to see that, that, that you know, got thing's turned around. I mean, it's one game, right? It's one game. Now you've got to sustain it. You've got to turn the page. you, you got to sustain it week to week. I mean, you're not going to blow everybody out 34 nothing, but you get defensive turnovers. You get defensive points off of a turnover. Man, it's just uh I mean, we'll look at Mac Jones. He said four 4 pick sixes.
4: And those throws were lollipop throws. Charlie Long likes me to say that, but it's truth. Man, he puts that ball up, it's a lollipop throw uh for a pickoff. And I Mike, I think it starts in this league no matter how we cut it. If you can stop the run and you force that quarterback to be the guy and make have to make play after play you're going to win a lot of games in this league. I I, I still think that that's a great – the biggest emphasis on defense is stopping the run and you being – and on offense have the ability to run the football when you need to and have to. It's great to have the superstar quarterback, but would maybe six, seven teams have that in this league? So I do think the defense certainly showed up big. You'd like to see maybe a little bit better. Uh, pass rush Uh, and that may come in time but man their ability to stop the run was really good and the Patriots could not get to the perimeter on anything out there and your kicking game with groupie Uh, you wonder how he would react and I did an event with him and you know he took you know hey it was me it wasn't the snap it wasn't the hold I I blew the kick I missed it And I thought that meant a lot coming from a young guy and he said, listen, I understand it's the position and I take full responsibility for it. But his ability to bounce back, because haven't we seen kickers before do this, Mike? They miss a a kick and it affects the next kick and the next and the next. You know what you got to have? Amnesia. You can't let that one bad kick affect the next one. And I think that's what you've seen from groupies. So special teams has been good. Defense was awesome yesterday, but it started with the Patriots' inability to run the football.
2: And I, we won't. We, I, we don't have to continue on the groupie situation. But think of this: He makes the kick in Green Bay. He's twelve for twelve, three for three, fifty-plus in a game. Where he's the talk of the NFL. If you you know, he's because of that that loss, and the Saints haven't been playing very gets well. Gets it. But you're right. But he, he makes that it. kick. It. He's the talk, he's he's you know he's the. He, he
4: came game. to an event and they gave him a standing ovation. So when he sat down next to me, I said, "Just think of you have made the damn kick." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." He said, "Man, it'd have been great." But you know, uh, Mike, I think this game, and we talk about talent, and certainly you'd like to have more than some other team. But how much of this game is played between the ears, the mental part of the game? And I think it's so important understanding what you have to do, not. of the time or 70% of the time in the 90s. You got to understand what you're doing on every play. And to have a kicker who you can trust to hit a deeper kick and you didn't have a a sample size with Groupie because he's a rookie, but how he's handled all this and him people not knowing he was a part of the Saints team, him not getting introduced at the touchdown club in New Orleans. And he took that all in stride and I think how you handle success, he handled it well. How he handled missing the kick, he handled that very well. And I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I'll be honest with you.
2: Yeah, that was, was a heck of a preseason as well. I mean, it's just one kick really throughout the entire – well, none in preseason, just, you know. So, just uh, an, an impressive, impressive. So, let's, well, let's take a look at Houston because I think the C.J. Stroud, and I know you and Bobby have talked about it, is so uh, impressive in some capacity. So, certainly 186 attempts – no picks, 186, right? So, but then you look at their, kind of their overall five games and it's weeks one and two. They lose. Oh, and two. He throws the ball 47 times in week one, 44 in week two. That's, that, that was, that's not a recipe for a rookie success, but in weeks 3-4, Three and four, he only throws it thirty and thirty times, and they get big wins, right? Big wins in thirty-five uh, last week, very close uh, yesterday uh, with Atlanta. So I mean, he's he seems to kind of have it under his feet. Where obviously, if you're throwing it fifty times as a rookie, you, you're in trouble.
4: Don't throw an interception, Mike. That's the most impressive part. Okay, if you're talking about a veteran, you asking him to do that, that's tough for the vet. Now you asking a rookie to do that. And we understand with D'Amico, he's in the rebuilding stage of that program. But, man, he's got two really nice building blocks now. When you look at C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, Jr. And, um, man, C.J., he, he sort of has the poise of a veteran. He really does. And you got to respect the fact that he is a very athletic quarterback. You didn't see that a lot at Ohio State other than the Final Four game against Georgia. He didn't lose that game. His defense lost it. Man, he did everything to put him in a spot to defeat Georgia. They just couldn't stop him defensively. And I give Stetson some credit there, too, uh, to make it work. But C.J. is poised. He's always been able to throw that short in immediate ball very, very well. He's not a guy that's going to put it up in traffic, and yet he can launch it. But where he scares you a little bit is his ability off the waggle to take off running with it. And so you got to be cognizant of that. Their running game has not been very good this year. That's the biggest surprise because they were really a good running team uh, a year ago despite they weren't a very good team at all. They could run the football. This year they have struggled there. Defensively, man, Desmond Ritter lit them up for 320 yards. That's when really ain't thrown that well all the entire season and the four games that he started a year ago. So that shows you that some of the pieces aren't exactly in place. But, man, Will Anderson Jr. and C.J. Stroud, two really good building blocks there. And also, they got a great left tackle. Not a good one. Man, Laramie Tunsil. No, he's a stud player at left tackle.
2: Should be an interesting week. It's going to be much more fun this week than it was last week. As always, Mike Dettelier, thanks for your time, my friend.
4: Thank you, Hollis. Appreciate it, buddy.
2: You got it, pal. So week five, Tampa was off. So they had the earliest open week you can have, week five. Week six, Saints at Houston, Washington at Atlanta, and it's 4-1 and one Detroit and 3-1 and one Tampa in Tampa. So we'll see how that one Flushes out because the Lions have been playing good football. Monday Night Football coming up next. Green Bay at Las Vegas. The 2-2 and Packers and the 1-3 and Las Vegas Raiders. My thanks to Charlie Long in the studio and to Pete Carmichael Jr. and Dennis Allen. This has been the Saints Coaches Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. See you next week.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?